your radio's tuned to Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Jack Thurston and this is The Bike Show. On today's show I'm going to be riding with the designer Julia Lohman and I first met Julia when I saw the uh, big piece of drawing design that she'd done for the Velarusian bike shop, the current bike shop du jour of the bike show in Great Titchfield Street. Um, and it's a really fabulous, colourful interpretation of some bicycle components that perfectly fills out the uh, the elegant, spacious upstairs room at Velarusian. And I definitely recommend you go down and have a look at it. Um, but I got chatting with Julia and we thought it would be a good idea to go for a ride to talk a little bit more about her work and uh, how it relates to cycling and uh, how she enjoys using the bicycle to get around town. We started off at Velarusian in the West End and I asked Julia what route we'd be taking. First we go to Fulham, um, to Rolf Sachs uh, Studios basically, where I build my cow benches. And then we go to Tooting, which is kind of a ride that I quite often take. It takes about half an hour from Fulham to Tooting and it's quite a nice ride. And um, there we can have lunch and I can show you one of the cow benches, Else who lives in our living room at the moment, and some other projects of mine. And you're not going to be riding on your normal bike today. No. What are you going to be riding on? I'm riding on a Pedersen um, bike that I think has been manufactured or made in um, a Copenhagen a Christiania bike. Not the Christiania tricycle, but the, a great one, a yellow uh, huge bike that I thought looks very daunting to ride on, but it's really comfortable. Because, uh, yeah, these Pedersen bikes, I mean, they're, the design is about 100 years old or, or so, I think, um, maybe a bit less, and the distinctive feature is this hammock seat. The seat is kind of suspended on a piece of uh, cord. It's a leather seat suspended between two points in the frame, which gives a very comfortable ride, do you think? It was great when I tried it out, so I can tell you more later. <laughs> well, it's an absolutely uh, bright, vibrant yellow, so there's going to be uh, no chance that anyone's going to miss us. <laughs> With a microphone and the pedestrian bike, I think we're going to stand out. <laughs> All right, well, let's get going. Mm, riding along behind a dustbin van. Lovely smell. Well, Julia and I have made it down as far as the Serpentine Gallery. How's the ride on the uh, Pedersen? Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, I almost fell off once, but that was my own stupidity. <laughs> but uh, no, it's really comfy and somehow you can, because the saddle is so flexible, you can lean the curve and really, you know, it moves every time you move your legs. It's quite great. Well, we're here outside the Serpentine Gallery and the noises you can hear are the construction of this summer's um, pavilion, which uh, is going on in earnest and we've been joined by Tom Coop who's a 
press officer for the Serpentine Gallery. Tell me a little bit more about um, this summer's um, pavilion. Well, the pavilion itself is part of our, or is the annual part of our architecture programme. And we run that alongside our exhibitions programme, and it's a way of showing contemporary architecture. Uh, in three dimensions rather than two as, a, as models or, or, um, or anything else. Inside the gallery we, we decide that we've wanted to develop this exhibition strand as, as temporary architecture in the real. This year the uh, Sometime Gallery Pavilion 2006 is designed by Rem Coolhouse and Cecil Baumond with Arup. Um, it's an incredibly ambitious um, structure. It is essentially a platform um, covered by an enormous helium balloon. Wow, because what we can see so far is looking through the barricades is a 50 or so square meter lozenge shaped steel platform with four kind of big steel girders pointing up into the air and uh, there's going to be a helium balloon mounted on that is there? That's right, the balloon will sit directly on top of an auditorium uh, which will take 300 people for our summer events. And the design of the pavilion is very much um, based on the idea of being a, a content um, machine. It's going to provide a space for an enormous amount of events programming that Rem Coolhouse is very much involved with. He's very interested in the um, intellectual uh, content that will flow through the, the, the space itself rather than it being... Um, a, a work in and of itself. And so when does it open? opens on the 13th of July. Great. Well, we'll look forward to it. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Well, we've had a pretty hellish ride deep into the heart of darkness that is West London. <laughs> I can say that because uh, I'm not sure if the Resonance FM signal, which is broadcast out of London Bridge, makes it as far as Fulham Broadway. But anyway, we've come down to Farm Lane and the... Uh, dairy building and um, the old dairy building and why have you brought us here? Basically this is the studio of Rolf Sachs who is an artist uh, originally from Germany but who lives and works here now and he um, allowed me to use his storage space while it's filling up to build my cow benches here because rents are so expensive and he's kind-hearted and uh, I met his uh, assistant or his organizer basically and told him or we spoke about different projects and when I mentioned yeah I have to find a place to build my cows he said ah oh, come here it's, it's not full up yet so, so it was pretty generous and just amazing for something like this to happen in London um, but I think he's been at the same spot that I am now. And so this is where the, uh, the cows are born appropriately enough in an old dairy building. Yeah, it, it was great when I found out that it's a dairy. I was like, wow, perfect. And it's just half an hour to cycle from Tooting to here. So it was ideal. And he got me my own key. And um, yeah, basically, I build the bases here. Each, the cow benches I make, I should explain first, I think. They are basically uh, leather sofas in the shape of a cow's body without its head and without its feet. Um, because that's the first thing that gets chopped off when they kill a cow before they take the leather. Um, each of the surfaces is upholstered with one cowhide with really high quality upholstery leather, basically the same stuff they use for high quality surface. And 
I place the leather spine on spine onto the animal. But we'll see one later, we see Elsa. Um, but here is where I build um, the foam base underneath. And each, each of them is hand sculpted. So I have this electric knife here and I sculpt in the foam. Since I woke up this morning and I looked outdoors Says I know my mammy's milk cup pudding, mama Lord, but I wish you load. Lord, if you see my milk cup pudding, I said, please drive her home. Says I ain't had no milk in butter, mama. Lord, since my cow been gone. So, Julia, your work seems very much relating to the natural world and the way that the natural world interacts with the man-made world. Um, and apart from the uh, big uh, drawing print that's on display at the Velarusian shop, um, bicycles don't seem to come into it too much, but yet you are an avid cyclist. Do you, would you say that there is some connection um, or, or linkage between your work as a designer and an artist and uh, the fact that you like to ride a bike. Yeah, I think definitely. I'm working on a big bicycle project at the moment actually, but the bicycle is being transformed. It's a sculpture that's being produced in China. I can show you uh, later and explain more later, but uh, well, my, my father always cycles everywhere and he's not kind of a racing cyclist or anything. He just cycles to go from A to B without polluting the environment. So I was always brought up with this thought, you know, that there is a better way than taking a car. And of course, when you're a teenager, you're like, oh, please, can I take the car? No, you can cycle. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, but I always knew that it's kind of the better way. And um, I think I am cycling to get from A to B. I'm not kind of, I have, I do other things if I want to relax. I am cycling to get to some point, but I think it's the most effective way of going places. And presumably you enjoy the experience. I enjoy it very much actually. I kind of, uh, I always find myself starting to whistle when I cycle, or starting to sing, and it's really strange because I don't think of it being so enjoyable, but then I, every time I'm on my bike I think, wow, this is actually great. So I cycle most of the time. Um, the tube is I, I really dislike the tube, I always fall asleep on the tube and uh, when I arrive I'm always really zonked and out of energy and when I cycle it's not the case. Do you find that when you're riding the bike um, you have more creative thoughts or things occur to you in a different way because that's something that we've touched on quite a lot um, on the bike show, um, this idea that somehow the process of cycling and the visceral experience of, of, of moving around um, under one's own steam and having this interaction with the, the, the world stimulates the mind to solve problems and think creatively. Yeah, I think it's, it's true. I always cycle to the RCA from Tooting and then that was a perfect time to actually um, not get too hung up in thoughts but at the same time basically the all the practical part of your brain is occupied with watching the road. So all the rest part kind of has completely free, free reign to think about other things. It seems to be very productive. I can't really pin down why, but maybe that's why. Maybe because 
the practical part is distracted and the rest can kind of do whatever they want <laughs> or whatever it wants. For me cycling, I was brought up really environmentally aware and I'm quite concerned about the way we're going at the moment, the way our society is going and whether we're actually going to be able to to kind of find the right way in time or whether it's going to be too late. So for me cycling is part of that almost a political statement as much as much more enjoyable than any other form of transport. So I think, um, I mean, I'm flying to places as well and I'm going by car if I have to and, you know, I'm, I'm going with other people's cars as well. You know, if, if someone, if I have to go to the stable, it's an Epsom, I'm not cycling, I'm either going by train or I take, get a lift from someone else. So I'm not completely against cars, I just think we've, we've uh, gone a bit overboard with it. Well, we've stopped here on Wandsworth Bridge, heading south out of uh, Fulham Broadway. And um, it's a, quite an extraordinary view, isn't it? I mean, this is really all new buildings put up in the last, I guess, 10 years, yeah. really. It's quite surreal, especially the area around here is all the states and all kind of really run down quite dangerous. And then these these buildings really have their own world around them, their own little garden. So these are the kind now. of Chelsea Wharf and then uh, all the riverside areas. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they look particularly nice. No, they're really ugly. <laughs> it must be great. Oop, it must be great to have a balcony like this. It must be fantastic. But it's so. It has no history to it or no nothing. You see, on the other side, this old factory building there, and the other one over there. I think they have really huge potential, but. I mean, for sure, they just wait till it's so run down that it's, you know, past the point of uh, fixing it up again and then they tear it down and build the same stuff on the other side, I guess. Well, we've come into the centre of the Wandsworth Bridge roundabout, underneath the two steel hoops, and uh, it's not the garden of earthly delights, but it's what Julia has described as the garden of concrete slabs. And what we found is a photo shoot going on with a series of very extreme BMX riders doing loads of stunts um, on these... the garden to best use, really. ...on these concrete slabs. So you may have to re-evaluate your opinion of this so. space. I think so. This is fantastic. <laughs> I don't know whether it was designed to be... Uh, skate and cycling ramp or BMX ramp, but uh, it looks brilliant like this. Well, there are two photographers. And, uh, one of the guys here. About four bicyclists. There's three photographers. I know there's a video film camera. Woohoo! Great! All right, we're going to have to stop this fella here. <laughs> Ask him what was that exactly. Excuse me, sir. Your name's. Uh, James Smith. James Smith. Yeah. And are you uh, one of the BMX riders here? Yeah, yeah. I ride a different discipline. It's a flatland, but these guys are street riders. Uh, they use basically the terrain that you have in front of us, Clapham or Wandsworth Roundabout. Uh, they're on a road trip at the moment. They're starting off the road trip in London. And they're going to go from here to Leeds, to Manchester, Liverpool and throughout England. So. so is this a practice or is this a photo shoot? Um, it's a bit of everything. They're just doing it for the fun of it and the photographers and the film crew are just here to like capture it so 
And so what was that jump that we just saw there? Some crazy French guy getting some air. <laughs> and it, it, this presumably wasn't designed for uh, BMX, but it's just appropriated for your yeah, uses, yeah? London's pretty good for this, like, um, the architecture you is coming up more and more, like, new architecture, the buildings seem to sort of, like, help us. I mean, the security don't love it, but, I mean, we just take advantage to go there late or whatever. Great. Well, have a good ride. Yeah. Well, there we go. The things that you find London, in London, eh? That's so brilliant. The first time that I've seen this garden with new eyes <laughs> and uh, that I actually like it. Well, we stopped here outside Wandsworth Prison, kind of imposing, I guess, Victorian building in the classic prison style. There's something very distinctive about prisons. They look a little bit like castles, don't they? In a yeah. sort of child's play castle style. Definitely. And then with a high, like a really high fence, and then there are a few um, trees in the courtyard. And in spring, actually, they bloom really beautifully. And I always I'm kind of in two minds about these trees because on one side it's quite beautiful to look out of your prison cell and at least see this tree and know what time of year or what kind of uh, season we have on the other side there's such a temptation you have this tree in front of you you know you see what you're missing in a way so it does look like a castle well designers have always looked at prisons with interest haven't they I mean from the days of the Panopticon, which was designed by Jeremy Bentham, was it, in theory? Oh, I don't know. Uh, one of those Victorian guys. Basically, the idea being that uh, one warden could see everything that was going on throughout yeah, an entire prison. Inside here, It would be interesting to see whether it is, like you see it in the films, that you have these high prison halls. And uh, see a documentary about once with prison once, but I can't recall how it looked inside. And if you were going to design a prison or make something for a prison, what might it be? Oh God, that's much, much better things to design than prisons. I guess they have to be designed as well. A garden. A garden, maybe. A nice garden that kind of gives at least an idea. But as I said, there's two sides about making a nice garden in a prison. One side is you actually bring a bit of the outside world inside it and the other side is uh, it's just showing you what you're missing out on but um, a garden or a prison farm how about a prison farm that would be quite ingenious wouldn't it that they have to kind of that they produce their own food and that they have their animals there and somebody is on milking shift and every morning has to go and milk the cows and someone else has to do the veggie patch otherwise People won't have carrots for their lunch. Would be quite nice.
sitting in front of the cow. Which cow is this? This is Else. And Else, um, it's a German name, so it's quite hard to put it into an English sentence. <laughs> uh, she is about the fourth cow I built, I think. The first one was Jürgen, is a prototy prototype, really rigid and um, very, very different from this one. He's upstairs, actually. We can take, get him down later if you want to see him. On the neck here, you have all the wrinkles, and these are the wrinkles that the cow made into the leather. They are not kind of man-made, they're cow-made. <laughs> and um, where the spine is, you can see it's a little bit darker. So we really take ca great care to make sure that the spine goes along. Like the where spine the spine really was. Yeah, exactly. And what are these little pitting marks here? Does that look like, like maybe where there was a bite or a yeah, some sort I of think so. tick bite? I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. Very often the leather, these marks are along the um, back and along the neck. So that's where the hardest, yeah, I don't know what it is, whether they scratch themselves there or whether, I really don't know. These scars here, she has a scar on both sides, one here and one here, a long one here. This one on the on the left side actually looks like she crammed herself through a stable door with a with a nail sticking out or something because it goes all the way down her side and I can't think of anything else. I mean they're incredibly tactile I have to say. There's, 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 um, the rib cage is really where you want to kind of touch it and, mm. and it and it's nice and solid feeling. I mean it... The beauty it is when, when you exhibit it so great to see how people interact with it because what they do is they come up to it and they pat it first they touch it and they feel whether it's all right to actually sit on it some people don't sit on it at all they just say no it would be wrong to, i don't want to sit on it but whoever sits on it really treats it like an animal and also um, for a couch it's quite small but in the room it looks really big because you read it as an animal you read it you know, as a very big animal to sit in your living room. And um, what gave you the idea to make something that I think, you know, a lot of people might think is a little bit sinister because it's a headless, legless cow. It definitely, you know, reminds us of the fact that this used to be a living thing. Yeah. We use animals every day to sustain ourselves. We, you know, most people wear leather shoes, we eat them, we use them for all kinds of things and we hardly ever think back to where they come from and how they lived. And um, Before I went to the Royal College of Art I worked on a horse and sheep farm in Iceland for three months and the connection is very direct. You basically help the sheep to give birth to, to its lamb and then for six months, the lambs and the sheep go in the highlands and they live like semi-feral. They really have a beautiful life. And then they get rounded up and then they get slaughtered in the next village and they land on your table. So there's no pretense about it. You know if, if you eat meat, you know your role in the process. And I think as consumers, we should be much more aware of our role in the process. We should be aware of the impact that that our decisions can have, basically. I personally, I eat meat, and I don't think it's wrong to eat meat, but I think it's wrong to forget the animal that it's come from, and I think a lot of our treatment of animals comes from us wanting to forget that it used to be a part of an animal. There's a certain cognitive dissonance, isn't there, yeah. really? And, yeah, if you have a 
dinosaur-shaped chicken bits or something. It's it's really quite disturbing in a way. So I set out to create products that bridge the gap between the animal the, the that used to be or that was killed to produce a material and the object that is being made from this material. And this bench is one of the objects. It's quite interesting. If you're, if you're an artist, like Damien Hirst, when he showed his half cows, everyone was really appalled by him killing a cow for a piece of art. Um, if you're a designer, everyone expects you to use leather. Or kind of, if you use leather, nobody says, actually, this design is too ugly for a cow to be killed. We're not going to make it. Nobody really scrutinizes what you do. So the cow benches are an ongoing project. And um, what else have you got uh, going on at the moment and in the future? I am working on a commission at the moment. Um, I've been commissioned by a Chinese gallery, a contrasts gallery, to produce a piece of art. And they've set this really interesting project. Uh, 30 artists have been commissioned to produce a piece of design. 30 designers have been commissioned to produce a piece of art and it can be essentially anything I want I want to make which is quite amazing so I've decided to make a sculpture and I've decided to use for my sculpture uh, a Chinese transport tricycle basically um, to transform it into a new shape these are the tricycles that you see pictures of with people riding along carrying an unbelievable yeah. volume of of, exactly. of of stuff. I mean, what are, what are they carrying? Kind of empty bottle, empty plastic bottles or baskets or? They do recycling and sometimes con construction workers carry all their materials. And um, to me, when I went to China, the whole country seems to be growing and in flux and really kind of transforming itself into something new of which it sometimes it seems doesn't really know what it is yet. Um, but everyone's really excited and really kind of upwardly mobi mobile about it. Um, so the whole, like for me, I went to Shanghai, I should add. Um, there are still quite a few of these tricycles around. I heard in Beijing they get, they are less and less um, on the road. But it seemed to be like a blood cell going through this huge organism of the city and transporting like like the oxygen in the blood, transporting all the building supplies to the buildings and, you know, everything for daily life was transported on these bikes. And um, so I'm basically going to take a bike. Um, I asked the person at the gallery to buy me a new tricycle and then I'm going to go and take it on the side of the road and try to trade it in for an old bicycle or tricycle together with a huge load. I'm going to wait until the perfect load comes past. And then you're going to step out into the street. Yeah, exactly, and with in, my translator. And, and in your be best like, Mandarin, you're going to say, <laughs> can I have your trike, please? You can walk away with this brand spanking new one. Exactly. So you're going to get this tricycle, this old one with all the, uh, all exactly, the stuff on the, the back. With the biggest load you can find in all Shanghai, we're going to kind of scoop around for a nice one. And then um, I am taking some traditional uh, baskets and wicker objects, Chinese, that I'm going to add on the load just to make the, um, the appearance a bit more structured or kind of m with more little details, basically. And then I'm going to um, 
cover it all up in fiberglass resin so that basically the the bike with the load that I have underneath is just um, the model and the sculpture later will be the fiberglass resin which is almost like a cocoon something where um, a cocoon or, or a kind of a um, flower bud Will it be translucent? Uh, yes, it will be a little bit translucent but I think... Um, it's hard to say when you, you know, I have it. I have a picture in my mind. Basically, I want to use the wicker uh, elements to give it some structure. They they should stay inside, whereas the the tricycle itself, uh, I'll, I'll take off afterwards. Basically, so there will be this translucent, hollow thing with little elements, with wicker elements that look like a like skeletal little nodules, and. Um, a little bit the question has something hatched from this already or is something going to hatch from it and what is it that is hatching is it something dangerous or is it something beautiful or you know what kind of organism will it be that um, supersedes the tricycles and that is a new kind of form wow so where's it going to be uh, exhibited it will be exhibited in Shanghai for the Biennale in um, September together with all the other works that came out of this commission and then hopefully um, it will go on tour and hopefully come back to Europe. I was riding there with the designer and artist Julia Lohman and if you want to see more of her work it is on show at the Design Museum or you can visit her website which is www.julialohman.com h-m-a-n-n.co.uk julialoman.co.uk Well that's about it for this week's show um, next week on the show I'm going to be interviewing Michael Hutchinson about his new book called The Hour and his very own attempt at beating the record for how far it's possible to cycle in 60 minutes. Until then enjoy the Tour de France and chapeau <laughs>